Welcome, everyone, to the 30th episode of the Indie Reds podcast. I am your host, Joe Dillon. Hailing from St. Louis, Missouri, he's been known to tell people, here's why you're wrong. He also thinks ketchup on a hot dog is blasphemy, Mr. Brian Smith. Brian, welcome to the pod. Hello, thanks for having me. Ketchup is fine if you're eight. I just thought I'd say that. <laughs> All right. Or maybe eight and a half. <laughs> or, th- or 36. Okay. <laughs> he is from Valparaiso, known to resemble many different celebs, including Moby and Jurgen Klopp. He has more pair of glasses than I have children. James Dimitri Esquire, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Joe. It's, uh, it's good to be back. And uh, Brian is right about ketchups on hot dogs. Dogs. If you <laughs> grow up in the Chicago area, you know you never put ketchup on a hot dog. Well, you, but they also put tomatoes on a hot dog, and I'm not a fan of that. Anyway, I just I maybe and I just it's never, damn good. Maybe I just never grew up, guys. All right. <laughs> Okay, so the, the the rundown for this evening, we're going to start off with um, big transfer news. Everybody's probably heard by now, Virgil van Dyke. We're going to move in and remember the Arsenal match, uh, discuss the Swansea. Why did I say Swansea? The Swansea thrashing, and then, you know, maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll come up to have a little bit more transfer discussion. But um, in case you didn't hear, uh, Liverpool have officially announced, and I guess Southampton is aware this time, that we have signed... Virgil van Dyke from Southampton, and he's going to be wearing squad number four, and he's going to play center back, and it's going to be awesome. So, and he joins January 1st. So, um, not too long after this announcement, uh, our text messages started blowing up. Uh, I was trying to work today, uh, and I got a lot of messages, and I also maybe looked at Twitter more than I usually do. Um, but some of the things that were coming across for you gen- two gentlemen were uh, creating <laughs> were creating Virgil van Dyke songs already. So, uh, what is your favorite Virgil van Dyke song that you've created so far today? Starting with Jim. Okay. I'm going first. So uh, I've only created one and it's really lame. Uh, but, uh, it's, uh, he'll wear number four or he'll wear number four, just like Sammy Hoopy. He'll wear number four. (laughs) There you go. Nice. Well done. You know, that is well done, Jim, because a lot of people are saying this is, this is finally we've replaced Sammy Hoopy. I hope so. Um, I don't know. I, I I would almost argue Daniel Agger was pretty close to that, anyways. But and we'll we'll just progress through that comment. All right, Brian, you're up, man. Uh, all right. So uh, apologies if I sound terrible tonight. I haven't been feeling real great, but uh, so I'll have a go. So this is to the tune of the uh, Peter Crouch feet sticking at the bed song, right? So it goes. Um, He's going to make you hurt. His first name's on his shirt. Virgil. Virgil. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He's flying through the air. Don't make him cut that hair. Virgil. Virgil. There you go. <laughs> that works, too. Yeah, I don't have I, one. I, I, hope I, he, I hope he's half as good as Hoopia. I'll take that. You know. Yeah, so, I, I'll, I'll take Hoopia two times Hoopia was around for over. 10 years. It's going to be 30 good. goals. Yeah. It's going to be tight. He's, 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 what, he's, what, 28, I think? 20 years 26 26 okay so yeah got, he's younger he's younger than that so hopefully four seasons i'd be happy with four seasons get to 30 and uh and still play a little bit longer that'd be great okay i uh, actually i heard the contract i think runs to 2023 wow that's correct five and a half year contract summer of 2023 is when it expires at two hundred thousand so, a week yeah. 
All right. Well, somewhere's around there. We're yep. talking. We're Something talking like that. <laughs> we're talking about Virgil Van Dyke. So let's go ahead and get started with Virgil Van Dyke discussion. No, 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 no. Sing your song. I don't have one. Oh, I yeah, told you. You don't get and the weasel out of this. You no. Know, well, then make something okay, about well, ketchup or well, well, before, macaroni before, or whatever else. But, before Brian was, before Brian came up with his Peter Crouch one, I was actually trying to figure out. I was actually just going to go. He's big. He's red. And then I m- couldn't figure out a good line. He'll kick you in the head, the, but that would be Sadio Mane. So you know, <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 oh. wow. And he's not that big. How about he, Mane's not that big. So how about uh, here? You can have this one. He's Dutch. Costs big bucks. He's gonna fuck you up. Van Dyke. Van Dyke. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we f- when we podcasted this past summer about the transfer window, we broke down the Virgil Van Dyke transfer saga. We were in despair not only from not signing Van Dyke, but no center back replacement at all. We all felt that failure would come back. Excuse me, that this failure would come back to haunt us. It did multiple times in the first half season. As we approached the January transfer window, his name came up again, along with many others. I, for one, was resolved that he would go to City as Southampton wouldn't deal with us. Apparently, money talks, as Southampton agreed to 75 million reasons why I was wrong. As these rumors continue to surface, you would see tweets from me and the podcast account to wait until he's leaning. Don't get too excited because, you know, look how badly burned we got last time. Uh, well, folks, the club announced it today. Virgil van Dyke will be an LFC player starting January 1st and wear the number four. Jim, how do you feel about this transfer? Uh, I would think that the, the best description is cautiously optimistic. Um, admittedly, I haven't seen him play much, uh, but um, I know he's touted as a leader, and that's something that's sorely needed in the Liverpool back line and on the pitch in general. Um, he's got good pace, and from what I understand, he can play either on the left or the right in the center of the defense, so the versatility, I think, is good. Um, unfortunately, I think it'll be a little while before he gets into the team regularly, but he'll be the number one choice at center back when he does get in, and I think that's why he chose, one of the main reasons why he chose Liverpool over Manchester City. Um, so, as I said, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, and, and I'm really eager to see him get fitter and because, uh, from what I understand, he just hasn't been as fit as he was last season and, uh, looking forward to him pairing up with Matip in particular. I'm a Clavin's been playing great. We'll get to that later though. Um, so, so Brian, I, I agree. So Brian, a lot of people have been complaining about this fee for a player who hasn't really been performing that great this season, or at least on the same level as last season. Um, well, what do you make of this decision? Is this a concern? I'm not concerned about it at all. Um, I, I'm I'm not cautiously optimistic. I'm extremely excited. I, I all along I was saying he wasn't going to come to us. There was going to be bigger, or perhaps more successful clubs in for him. There were many of them that, that were coming for him. If you believe the rumors, and I think some of them were true. City being one of them, he chose us instead. I, I think this has a lot to do with Klopp. I think it has a lot to do with some of the other players on the team. He wants to come play for us, which is a great, great thing. And I really think he's here because of Klopp. So all these Klopp out idiots can you know, just shut the hell up because uh, I don't think Van Dyke comes here if, if Klopp isn't here. And Southampton had every chance to not do business with us after what happened this summer. I'm surprised that they did anyway. I think that 
is only because Van, or only because Van Dyke said no, make it Liverpool, make it happen, and and just was you know perhaps insistent. I'm speculating a little bit there, but you know why else would Southampton do that? They could have got 75 million from several clubs, and, and he chose us, and they got the deal done. I, I'm excited. He'll, he'll get back to fitness quickly. I think make a couple substitution appearances, and uh, as Jim said. At first choice at right center back soon with somebody else playing left center back and let's go. So he the first game the first game he could technically play is Everton. Um, some people were hoping for a start. I'm not going to go that far. Um, would you see maybe at least half a match or whatever, depending on the outcome of the match? Uh, who who wants to take this one first? Because I, I I don't want him to start City being so <laughs> so new to the team and system. Right. I, yeah, it depends on the scoreline, doesn't it, Jim? I think so too. I definitely don't think he would play the whole match. I don't think he would start. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll it'll depend on the score. Um, if we've got uh, you know somewhat of a comfortable lead, I think he'll, he'll get in. Um, or maybe maybe that won't be the case. I, I think that remains to be seen. You know, I, I uh, yeah, we'll just go on. Um, so so Brian, we we've talked before, <laughs> maybe not on the podcast. Um, <laughs> That any player at the club for six months should not be captain. At this time, we, we I said, well, what about Virgil Van Dyke? And you said that included Virgil Van Dyke if he comes in and plays well for the remainder of the season as well. Like I mentioned, he hasn't been playing up up to his last season performance, um, but you know he is a true leader. He, he was Southampton's Southampton's leader. Uh, excuse me, captain. Um, I don't know where he stands in the pecking order for the Netherlands team in the captaincy, um, but. He's going to be organizing that back line, Brian. Do you think that if we sell Jordan Henderson this summer, that uh, that that you'd like to see Virgil Van Dyke be the captain? I, I suppose it's possible if, if Hendo isn't starting or is injured, uh, Milner isn't starting, which he very rarely does anymore. And Coutinho has been captain a couple times recently. If, if he's not here or you know, whatever injured, it's possible if he has a good uh, second half of the season. I suppose, but. Uh, we'd be crazy to say he's not captain material. Uh, he's captain of his current club. So um, if it'll happen that quickly, I don't know. But it might happen that quickly out of necessity. Yeah, true. I mean, Henderson. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit more later. But with Henderson pulling up lame in what fifteen minutes, at, at, almost at Highbury, um, but but at the Emirates over the weekend. Uh, yeah, on Friday. Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're going to see. That's going to change the midfield a little bit as well. Um, okay, ladies and gentlemen. You didn't jump up and down. Did you jump up and down when that happened? You didn't jump up and down, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't. I actually okay. actually, <laughs> actually made a mental note. That's going to change, especially since we're entering the festive period. That's going to change our uh, our whole midfield approach. I I wasn't I wasn't very happy with it. I mean, he had been playing decent in the match so far, um, but it was it, it looked like a flare up of his of his plantar fascia again. Personally, that's what it looked like, and I, you know, just from from being just from my genetics it, it sucks and i don't wish that on anybody so anyway all right let's move on to arsenal guys the mighty orange headed to london to battle the gunners at the emirates while lfc dominated the first half they only were able to score one goal mo Salah grabs a second early at early after halftime but arsenal storms back and score three in less than five minutes LFC are able to get a third from Brian's boy Firmino and settle for a draw. I want to jump right into specific player performances as I think this will cover the goals from each team. Both we will we will be able to discuss uh, 
but both, I'm sorry, both of you guys will be able to discuss if you want to. Sorry, I have trouble reading my notes. So first of all, Jim, I want you to start with your description of how you think Sadio Mane played. Uh, it certainly was not his best match. You know, I think he just seemed off. Uh, there was the, the sequence relatively early in the match where he tried the overhead kick and it sails over the bar. It just seemed like his passing and finishing was a, was a bit off. Uh, uh, yeah, so I think that encapsulates what I feel. Brian, what about you? Do you have anything you want to add? No, I think Jim nailed it. He wasn't very good, and I think that was one of the reasons why he didn't start uh, the next match. But, um, yeah, I was mad at him for that when he tried that overhead kick. He he had, you know, in the heat of the moment, uh, I guess, you know, you can't necessarily uh, yell at him for not taking a touch. He had time to take that ball down and, yeah. and side-footed and pass into the net. I, I think if that yeah. ball falls to Firmino and or Salah or Coutinho or some other players, especially those three guys that are on great form right now, they take it down and, and Firmino no look side foots it or something. But uh, yeah, he rushed it and put it over the bar. It would have been great if it went in. And I think he needs a goal to kind of get over the hump, but uh, but not his best game. Do you think it kind of demoralized him a little bit when he missed that? Not him, excuse me. If they let me let me get back to that. If if he would have pulled that off, do you think it would have demoralized Arsenal and we would have won the match? I think it definitely would have hurt. I mean, a two 0 lead that early is is a big big deal. Um, you know, we've we've dropped points from winning positions multiple times, and we did end up with a two 0 <laughs> lead in the second half, and, and still didn't come out with a victory. So, you know, we've had a better chance to win the match possibly, but we, we made it to two 0 anyway, and still didn't win. So, yeah. I, I don't think I can say anything definitively. All right, Brian, I'm sticking with you. What about your boy Roberto Firmino? I thought he was great. I mean, he, he's he's just so active in, in pressing their back line and winning balls and distributing. And, you know, people want him to, to finish a few more chances. And, and he's not your traditional striker, which I've said many times is one of the reasons why I like the guy. But it, it, I thought he was good again. He's one of the, the probably one of the two mans of the match. And, and uh, he's just excellent. He fits the system just perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, and for not being a, a true out-and-out striker, uh, I think there were some stats going around today that he has, like, what, 19 goals or something like that so far this season in all competitions. That might be yeah, high. Yes, so and he has more assists, more assists than Aguero, more assists than Lukaku, more assists than Kane, I believe. Yeah. I, I saw another stat, and I'm not a big stat guy, but I did kind of like this one. Um, since Klopp arrived, he's involved in more goals than any other player with 38 goals and 23 assists, might have been 25, uh, more than any other player on the team, including Coutinho, anybody. So Ridiculous. goals and assists for Mino's tops the chart. All right. Wow. Wow. Jim, what about your buddy uh, F- Philippe Coutinho? He got that first well, goal. It's it kind of luck, should... but go ahead. Well, it was. I mean. In, you know, uh, Salah's cross uh, deflected off a defender, and but it, it, I think if I remember correctly, um, that's Phil's first headed goal in the Premier League, right? Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's what I what across, I recall recall uh, whoever was doing the play by play in the game saying. Um, but yeah, Phil, as usual, was was Phil. I mean, he both he and Firmino have just been. I think dynamite in these last last two matches. They really have not put a foot wrong at all, um, leading the attack. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I think yeah yeah. There's a lot of discussion on if this is <laughs> this is trying to motivate a move um, to Barcelona. I, I hope not. 
Um, we can discuss that a little bit later. Brian, do you have anything you want to add about Phil? Well, if he's doing anything, he's driving the price up. So, um, you know, if there is a silver lining, I guess maybe that's it. Can we get name our money? <laughs> uh, not quite. Uh, well, if you sell to PSG, you probably can. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. Barcelona's got to be scared, yeah. though. They're going to hit FFP and they get another transfer ban. Don't you think? I would. Um, yeah, that'd be fine with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. PSG, I think. Jim's, the, Jim's the legal expert. Jim, are they going to get that? Uh, I would be the world's uh, worst expert on financial fair play rules, so I can't tell you. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I think I saw that. Uh, that a PSG is going to have to sell some sell some guys one if not two just just because of uh, because of Mbappe as well as Neymar joining in the summer. Okay, so yeah, that's PSG is probably the closest to getting FFP right now. Moving on, Jordan Henderson gets injured and they sub him in with James Milner. So James Milner played most of the match. Brian, how did you rate James Milner? You know, he was fine. He did kind of better than what I expected. Um, you know, wasn't terribly flashy, but did his job. It was in the right position a lot of time, took care of the ball, you know, slowed down their attack a little bit, except for that, you know, few moments of madness that they had. But, uh, you know, he was fine. He, he's he's a good guy to bring in as a sub if someone gets hurt or suspended in the midfield and versatile. You know, it, it's it's hard not to like Milner. Yeah, Jim, anything you want to add on Milner? No, I I agree with that that assessment completely. You know, he's really been a good good workhorse when he's at, out there. You know, he's not going to set the world on fire, but uh, he's going to be dependable, um, and that's I think a good thing to expect out of him. So, so Jim, staying with you, moving on to and moving on to the left back Andy Robertson. How did he do in the Arsenal match? Uh, I thought he acquitted himself well, you know, since um, Moreno has gone down, I, you know, you and I have kind of texted back and forth. We were texting during this game, you know, that I'm, I'm really uh, high on Andy Robertson. Um, I think he was caught out once, um, but on the whole, I thought it was a good performance. I think he does a good job, perhaps better than Moreno, at least so far in timing his runs, although admittedly, I think Moreno has improved greatly this season mm-hmm. um, on that account. Um, uh, Robertson really didn't have a lot to do defensively, um, so I, I really can't say with great confidence um, where would that bodes in the future, but I, I, you know, I don't think that his defensive prowess is going to be an issue down the road if he gets more playing time. Um, I'm just glad he's getting the playing time and showing well for that playing time. Agreed. Brian, anything to add on Andy Robertson before we move on? No, he's been great. I mean, Moreno's been a bit of a revelation this season, apart from a couple of bad moments. He's been really good. Robertson has just stepped right in and done extremely well. So when they're both back back healthy again, I, I really don't care which one plays. I think they're both doing extremely well and, and uh, Robertson's been a little bit better than I expected, and, and very happy with it. Yeah, I, I, I've been happy with him too. Um, I think his 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 uh, balls into the box uh, in the box. Um, they 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 <laughs> they're hit or miss. I think sometimes he plays a really good ball, but sometimes I think he there, there's a little bit more to come from it. Um, I think we saw a little bit more of that uh, in the Swansea match, but I think Moreno's 
but I mean, Moreno's been playing the system a lot longer. I think he's a little bit quicker too, so he's able to recover a little bit quicker. But I, but yeah, I have no problem with Robertson playing. I mean, if if Albert Moreno decided Alberto Moreno, sorry, decided to leave um, in January, then then okay, we'd we'd make do, and I'd be perfectly fine starting Andy Robertson the rest of the season. Uh, switching over to the right back, what? Jim, I had uh, I had texted you. I know. Um, hey, yeah, Joe Gomez is playing really well. I think he's uh, pretty much kept Alexis Sanchez uh, in his pocket. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, let, let's go ahead. Let, Brian, I'm going to give you the opportunity, though, first. That, that was in the first half, by the way, folks. Uh, Brian, I'm going to give you the opportunity. So, Joe Gomez, uh, what do you want to talk about with Joe Gomez? Well, he, you know, he was okay. It's, he obviously didn't play their first goal well at all, and, and he didn't play their third goal particularly well, but – that, that Sanchez header, just I'm still pissed off about it. He, he he turns and looks for the guy he's supposed to be marking exactly what you're supposed to do as a right back, and you're kind of covering the entire far post and, and really half the penalty box because the play is shifted so far over you know, towards our left defensive side. He knows where Sanchez is. That ball comes in, and he simply doesn't do anything. I mean, I remember being eight or nine years old, and and – you're, you're taught as soon as players are strong enough to cross the ball, you're taught to attack a ball that comes into your box. He doesn't. I know Sanchez is you know kind of clever and gets inside of him, but he had to take eight or nine steps to get there. Gomez played that really badly, and I think what we're seeing here is, and I've, I've been a proponent of Gomez maybe having a try at center back. I think this might be a reason why Klopp isn't doing it. He, he just did not attack the ball. If he's supposed to be doing that as a center back, we're in big, big trouble. Because they're just going to be pumping balls in at him all the time. He played it really badly. It was one of the four or five worst defensive plays I've seen from our, anybody on our team all year. And that includes Lovren and everybody. See, I didn't see him look back for for Sanchez until he raised his foot like he was going to do an overhead kick. Not a bicycle, but an overhead kick. And then sees that he's there and doesn't finish through with it. Because he's afraid well, he's going to kick Sanchez. Even worse. If you... He did. He did look, but that makes it even worse if he didn't, and then tried to do a bike in his own six-yard box. It wasn't a bike. It was like just a flip behind. You know, he's looking towards the goal, and he's going to kick it over his head backwards because his foot's raised. But anyway, he, I but know, he, but he, he pulls it out. terribly. Yeah, I, I, I personally thought, and you told me I was wrong, um, <laughs> that he just lost track of <laughs> he lost track of Sanchez until the very end. Um, and and Sanchez is crafty. I, I give it to him. I, I think he. I think he played well, except for that time. I, I, I might be making excuses or whatever for the second goal. Um, no, excuse me, the third goal, the Ozil goal. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I think that kind of falls a little bit more on on uh, on positioning. But that that's it, I guess it is what it is. Um, Jim, do you, you want to add that anything was a, on that Gomez? That third goal was a really good goal. You can't you can't fault Gomez for that entirely, not even close. I mean, that, if, that was a well-crafted goal. When I watch it, they yeah. go to the double team on Lacazette. And then it, yep. and then, and it just, and that's where, and so, sorry. So, so, um, Gomez shifts in and then there's nobody there and they lose Ozil empty at the back post. Yeah. I, I kind of, yes. I kind of play, I kind of play that along as just positioning. Um, I don't think anybody is really at fault for that. Maybe we could say Simon Mignolet, but we'll get there a little later. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think everybody did what they were supposed to do. Maybe the double team shouldn't have happened, but I mean, what, what do you expect? Um, Especially out of Lo- Lovren, <laughs> no. Um, which brings me to the next one. Actually, Brian, excuse me, Jim. Uh, you want to? Anything you want to say on Gomez? Uh, just to to echo something you said, Joe. I, I do think, to a certain extent, 
the the uh, Sanchez goal came from from the cleverness of the run. I think that um, Gomez was expecting him to run in behind him um, and uh, was ball watching when he came up front uh, in front of him. Um, so to a certain extent, and some of that is from as as um, as you guys have said from Sanchez's craftiness. But I, I also want to want to criticize Gomez for the fact that he didn't just look at, at Sanchez once as the play is developing. And this is, you know, this is as um, it's coming before it came in for, for it was played in. He looks back, not just once to see where Sanchez is, but he looks back three times, three times. So um, uh, that to me still sticks out in my mind and makes me think he could have done a lot better in in playing that 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 ball and and, the, and getting up on Sanchez sooner. And who knows? Although you know, to, to, to be fair to him, you know, Sanchez is fast. You know, he doesn't want a body up to him uh, too far out from the goal. I don't think so. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of talking about my ass here. I I the only the only uh, defending I've ever done is in indoor co-ed leagues. So what do I know? <laughs> well, hey, well, you're a former center back. Don't count yourself. You know, don't <laughs> short yourself there. Former center back people. Hat trick scoring center back. That's right. All right. Yes, so yes. so he, lucky hat trick scoring center back. Anyway, the, the last thing on on Gomez, guys, we gotta. I might be trying to make too many excuses for him because I think he has a bright future for the club and I don't want him to get to get a bad reputation early on and then all of a sudden, you know, everybody wants him out of the club. We've seen how that's happened before. <clears throat> but I mean he's twenty years old. He and he's going up against I don't know, maybe top ten, top fifteen attacking player in the world. And I think he did a, I mean, who who wouldn't get messed up by that run at 20 years old um you know you look at guys playing it was a good run playing right back I, I, honestly i i think i kind of am w- a little bit more willing to make that exception because go back to how young he is and he's still i mean he's a half season and right back so yeah anyway let's let's go ahead and move Crickets. on yeah well, I, just one one last one last thing i i don't think uh, i or really very many other people are, are saying this is this is a fatal mistake, and that that Klopp should yank him out. Um, but you're right; he's 20 years old. So, and I agree with you. I think he has a bright future. It's just this one play he didn't do well on. You I, know what? Uh, Still, there's a there's a Minule Italian here. Let's do Minule next, and then we'll go back to Jim with the center. Okay, so, so Brian, I, I think Brian, that, Brian, go ahead. You you are on for Minule. I, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that. Um, for, First of all, the ball in the Gomez, you know, we're giving him a hard time about that was a good ball as well. So let's not discount that. But I, I think at least part of Gomez at first thinks Manuel might be coming for that. And I watched the goal a couple of times, and I think you can hear Manuel scream away. And that, that's when Gomez panics and, and tries to do his little, you know, boot flick. Because that's really all he could do at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's Manuel screaming away, which came late. And if Gomez thinks that Manuel is coming for the ball... He might have lost track of you know Sanchez just for a, a moment, um, and, and Minule yells late. You know that obviously that's not going to work out well for us. So uh, Minule maybe didn't play that well either. I don't know if Minule could get there, but I think maybe Gomez was thinking he was coming for it. But really, the, the big talk about Minule in this match was was second goal. you know their second goal. I mean, the, the entire stadium is screaming at Zaka to shoot. So you know it's not like <laughs> Minule could be surprised by this. And he just flaps at this thing one-handed. It, it was just horrific 
just horrific oh. goaltending. I mean, it's just I'm so done with them, and, and I used to not be that way. It was it was just awful, and I don't know that any of the top dozen goalkeepers in the Premier League try to do what he did. And then, of course, you know, Czech kind of does the same thing later. Not quite as severe, not quite as bad. But <laughs> how bad was he on that second goal? I mean, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. Jumping and trying to one-hand that. Yeah, it's just the, awful. Jim the ball you... is coming in on his right-hand side, and he flaps at it with his left hand. I'm thinking, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Jim, what did you say the, the Portuguese commentator yeah. called, uh, called Mignolet? I don't know how to say it in Portuguese, in Portuguese, but he called him lettuce hands. <laughs> lettuce hands. Yes. Good old lettuce hands. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, much like Liverpool's defense in the Arsenal match, we went missing for five minutes and had technical difficulties. So let's go ahead and finish up this discussion on Arsenal. Uh, we had mentioned that maybe we'd talk about Wolverine and Clavin, but in the interlude, um, we decided, nah, not really. There wasn't much to talk about there. So one last topic I'm going to give both you guys a, a chance to talk about. So the captain went went and picked up an injury uh, while I abstain from this discussion because everyone is tired of hearing me talk about him. Um, Jim, do you think Henderson getting injured played a part in the outcome of the match? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't, I'm not sure that this play was the reason we were flying high before. Well, I don't even know if say when we were flying high before the five minute breakdown. Um, is that really an accurate uh, description? Flying high, we were flying. I mean, we were two <laughs> goals up. I don't know. Um, but uh, bottom line, I'm not sure that his play was the reason. I, I I don't think so. I mean, he was holding his own. He wasn't. I don't remember doing anything spectacular. Um, perhaps I missed something. As as I've, I've mentioned, I haven't rewatched the match, so maybe you guys saw something I didn't see. Uh, Henderson is going to do Henderson things. That's, that's the way I saw his, the match before that. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, anything anything different? Do you think uh, Henderson's injury played a role? Uh, you know, no, I don't think so. I think he was fine, and I, and I think Milner did okay in his in his absence. So if Henderson hadn't started and Milner had started and played the full ninety, I, I don't think we would have done a whole lot different tactically or. Um, you know, the build-up play or you know, would have allowed Arsenal to do anything a whole lot different. Arsenal wasn't very good in the first half. So many giveaways, and, and, and really that helped us kind of control the game. They were giving the balls to us in midfield. So um, I, I don't know that the, the injury had a whole lot to do with how we played. I, I feel bad kind of poking fun at his injury earlier and asking if you were excited. I don't want any of our players to get hurt, of course, but uh, Hendo's been a, a bit of a whipping boy for uh, – a lot of our friends and um, you yeah. know, it's not good to see him get hurt and, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens next now. So Brian, Brian, with what happens next, do you see uh, more play for Emery John and Jenny Wijnaldum and James Milner? Um, do you think that maybe we're going to go hard for another player uh, to get in the, in the January transfer, transfer window that can come play now? Um, Cause when I last checked physio rooms website, there was no return date listed for Jordan Henderson um, coming back. So you have any anything you want to share with that or think about maybe getting yeah, a young the, kid up? The no return date, yeah, the, the no return date and no uh, news is is certainly not good. Um, but Milner and, and Chan and when all of them, you can kind of fit into that spot. And uh, I think it probably means Mane is going to start playing a little bit more. Um, we'll we'll talk about that. He didn't play against Swansea, but continue back in the midfield and, and Mane back up front, which allows. 
you know, Milner, either two out of the three, Milner, Chan, and all of them to play in midfield. I think that's what's going to be happening. Yeah, and, and uh, Lalana's back as well, as well as uh, as well as um, yeah. There you and, go. And you know, you have Chamberlain in there as well too. He wants to play center mid, right? At least yeah, definitely. He's, he's um, that's where I think Klopp sees him as a midfielder. So heck, we might see a midfield one time of uh, Lalana and 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 Ox and John or something. Who knows? Hey, so. look, look. Everton, <laughs> maybe Leicester. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know how I feel about that Leicester match. <clears throat> All right, so let's let's go ahead and move on to the Swansea discussion. So a team from Wales came to Anfield, kept it close for a half despite a beautiful Philippe Coutinho goal. However, it wasn't long into the second half before the floodgates opened and the Redmen win 5-0 at Anfield. From a brief description above, it might sound like a book Jim isn't writing, A Tale of Two Halves. I'd like to propose that this really wasn't the case. It's often said said that this game is a game of inches. I'd like to propose that the difference in the half in the halves was essentially the inches fell to the Reds in the second half that they didn't fall in the first half. Brian, would you say that this was the case, or you know, am I completely off base? Now, I think that's probably pretty close. I mean, we had several chances in the first half, and that just went wide. Firmino had one. You know, inside the box that he just kind of put wide and, and had plenty of time, and, and and we took those chances in the second half that we didn't take in the first. You know, Salah had a couple chances in the first half, half chances really, but got a couple shots on goal. And, and going into the break at one nil, I kind of thought we really could be up two or three or four here, but it doesn't always go that way. I mean, no team's going to finish every one of their chances, or even you know four out of five or five out of six. I mean, it just doesn't. We'll do it sometimes, but you can't expect it every match. So. Um, I think that's a pretty accurate description. We didn't play too terribly differently in, in the two halves, and he did at Swansea. Um, but obviously our second half uh, goal tally was much better. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> Jim, how good was that Coutinho goal? It was completely filthy. I mean, it was one of the best goals I've seen him score. And that's, you know, that's saying a lot. He's scored a lot of spectacular goals, but that was just a beauty. Amazing, amazing touch on that. And the ball played in. That was from uh, uh, from Salah. No, it's from Firmino. I'm to remember, it was Firmino. So Firmino. That's right. You're so right. I want to break this down because a lot of people were given. Well, excuse me. Let's put it this way. We might talk about. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. So never mind. Um, Emerjan set that up because he comes out. He bumps AU. A good hip check. I mean, it, it's allowed. He plays the ball. He, then he retreats. AU's kind of stumbling. He trips Firmino, goes down. <laughs> they called a simulation, but didn't really call it. They just ignored it. And Firmino recovers, passes the ball to Coutinho. Coutinho does Coutinho things, and it's a beautiful goal. I mean, that's pretty much the, the description of it. Um, so, so the second half was was just. I mean, there's no better way to put it than it was just fun. <laughs> we get matches like like this where it reminds us why we love football. A brace from Firmino, uh, but Trent Alexander-Arnold and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain get their first goals at Anfield Road, and both of them in front of the Klopp end. Brian, I know I said the, I said a game of inches earlier, but do you? But did you notice that after his first goal, it was a different Firmino? Maybe a little bit. Um, you know, any any striker that scores a goal, you know, you you kind of pick up your game a little bit. You feel a little bit sharper. You're willing to try things and you know the, who doesn't love scoring and, and playing well and, and i think we saw a little bit of that but then a lot of the players around him were playing well too so once you get to two nil then you get to three nil quickly and you know then it's 
then it becomes, okay, how many we're going to get? And it, it was clear that Swansea weren't going to attack a whole lot. It was clear that the defensive mid and the back line were in control. So, you know, Firmino had a good second half. He didn't have a bad first half, but um, you know, he only he came off, what, like 60, you know, fifth minute or something like that. So, um, yeah, he played well. Yeah, after a second goal, he came off. I, I was kind of disappointed yeah. in him. I thought he was trying to he, – he's done this the past couple matches. It seems like he's trying to be too flashy. And his his bad miss early in the or about midway through the first half, maybe it was late in the first. No, it was late in the first half. And Neil, I was at Union Jack for the game, and Neil goes, "I have a feeling we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna regret that decision because <laughs> it it comes in it comes in, and you think he's going to hit it first time with his right foot. He pulls it down, switches to his left foot." And then you have runners going back post, two runners, that there is the lane to pass to. And, and I mean, looking on TV, it looks like it is. But he pulls off a shot, and it's just a terrible shot. And uh, it's easily saved by the keeper or it misses or something like that. Um, he, he put it wide. He, he, put, he it put it wide. But yeah, it was a bad shot, right? Yeah. I was... I mean, <laughs> well, to put a wide from there is not good because he's he's about level with the penalty spot and he's in front of the you know, the goalkeeper's right hand post and he and he really was trying to go near post and put it wide. So he he I mean you know. if he if he goes back post, Brian, I think somebody else collapses onto it and then maybe we have a goal there. But I mean, it turns out being a moot point. Neil was wrong <laughs> in yeah. his last match. At, well, at I really Jack. wanted him. <laughs> Oh, well, last match for now. We'll see him again, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, that's our, for those of you who don't know, it's our one of our buddies that's uh, moving moving away. We'll see him again for sure. I'm certain, but I, I really wanted Firmino to stay on because I I've been told, and this is multiple sources here because I'm not a single source kind of guy. But um, <laughs> if he had got the hat trick, he would have done the Swansea striker short shorts, tiny socks, no shin guard celebration, just <laughs> ran around like an idiot for a little while. <laughs> Um, and that, that's multiple sources, guys. I'm not making that up. Was that's he wear- what, that was going to be a celebration. Was he wearing shin guards? I, I think he was wearing like uh, you know the the little bitty pieces of paper you get at the bottom of your steaks when you buy something at the grocery store. And they get a couple oh, okay. of those in there and <laughs> okay. little ankle socks. Yeah, and the shortest shorts in the history of the Premier League. Yeah, and he gets no sun. <laughs> No, I mean, this is like, you know, like Larry Bird, Boston Celtics shorts. I mean, these oh are gosh, like tiny yeah, little things. Yeah, I mean, Graham Lasso even commented on the on them being matchbox <laughs> shin pads, I think is what they call them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, if, if you don't, I mean, just go check it out. Seriously, it, it, it's wild. I'm like, these guys kick hard. Are you sure you don't want to wear shin guards? <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. Jim, whose debut goal did you like better? TAA or... Or Shambo. You know, it was great to see both of them score. Um, I, I have to give the slight edge to Trent Alexander-Arnold's. Um, it was wonderful just to see the, this 19-year-old kid who keeps getting into the first team finally put one in, um, glances in off the underside of the crossbar. You could just see how elated he was. Um, it's joyous, and and for for uh, Ox, it was more like he was relieved just to get that first goal. And I know we're going to talk about the fact that he wasn't happy <laughs> about the way that he played, uh, uh, but um, but it was it was fantastic to see both of them open their Liverpool accounts. And uh, I think uh, there are going to be more to come from both of them, particularly from Ox. 
course, since he's going to be in a better position to score more often than, <laughs> yeah. than Trent will. Yeah. That I think, I think the thing you did for me was it showed how much it meant to TAA uh, when on the goal celebration, I mean, I guess his whole family was there. Absolutely. Um, he was in front of the cop. He grew up a, grew up a Liverpool kid. He's, you see him run over, he's pet, touching the crest. He does the Steven Gerrard knee slide. I mean, it was, it was probably pure heaven for him. And, uh, Absolutely. and yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Brian, do you want to make a case for, for Ox or, or are we just going to all say Trent Alexander Arnold's? I don't think it's even close. It's it's Trent's. Yeah. I mean, the, the the technique was better to come in and win that ball with the bottom of his boot, and then you know he didn't toke poke that in. He he struck it with his laces with a very oh, yeah. very short follow through. That's hard to do yeah. and not put that over. Uh, that's that short follow through that did it for him. It technically was a terrific goal. Um, not that Ox's wasn't. It was placed well and, and kind of looped and found the side netting, but. Trent's goal was great. It, it reminded me a little bit of Flanagan's goal several years ago. Another local guy. Uh, an outside back and thump one in uh, uh, spurs off the bar and did this crazy, you know, local guy celebration. Was, you could just tell he was so happy. And, and Trent's, I, I love Trent's goal. Yeah, it was it, great. It was great. Uh, you know, this kind of plays along with, with Ox's goal as well as Trent's. But one thing that I did notice was that, um, is that there was a lot of fight in this team when they going out to Swansea. It was like there was every single loose ball or 50 50 ball, they were chasing down, running down. They didn't really pressure as much at the back line. Excuse me, pressure the back line as much as we've seen in the past. I wonder how much of that is is fixtures uh, compactness um, as as well. But you know, I it was something neat that I that I've noticed recently that they're really starting to push a little bit more. So so yeah, and it wasn't just a couple guys; it was everyone. So Jim, more of a change in personnel. Or do you think they got their asses chewed <laughs> with, with the loss to Arsenal uh, that that performed this result at Swansea? Uh, probably a bit of both, I would think. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been thinking about something else, too. This kind of ties in with your comment, Joe. I think you can really see now, I, I, don't, I don't know that we've seen it as much, is that there's just a real synergy with this team that's starting to develop. Um, uh, not only fight, um, but, uh, you can see really, really, I think more and more often now, just, just this sense of sheer joy that the players show, uh, because they're getting to play with one another. There's some really good chemistry there and that has me really excited. And now we have, I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but die coming in and, um, you can't help but feel real, really positive, even though there are also still those jitters thinking that, you know, Liverpool goes a couple goals up. Are they going to, are they going to blow it? Um, so I, I think there's, there's that energy that, that Klopp is really developing the team. I do think he probably chewed him out a bit after the draw with Arsenal. Um, you know, I don't know that the change in personnel had a ton to do with it, uh, but it probably doesn't hurt that Swansea's at the foot of the table either. I mean, you know, going into this match, it wasn't like they were looking at uh, facing down Manchester City. So, yeah, uh, new um, manager. It's a combination of all those things. Right, right, right. So, finally, I want to wrap up a little bit. Well, maybe not finally, but a little bit more. Um, Emre Jean, I know neither of you are big fans of giving player ratings. However, Liverpool Echo gave Emre Jean a five. 
Um, Brian, you watched the replay earlier today, well, actually last night, and I asked you to keep an eye on Emery Jean. Do you agree with this player rating? Well, first of all, it was an interesting way to watch the game. You know, now I didn't know the result, and I had some work to do yesterday, so I didn't watch until late last night. But, you know, to, I was watching him in particular, and obviously not just staring at him, but watching the whole game as well. Yeah. I, I agree with that rating completely. I don't think he was very good. Um, he did some things I probably wouldn't have noticed if I hadn't been looking for it. And, and specifically, like the first, first 20, 25 minutes, he was nowhere. I mean, he, he was walking around. He wasn't moving to, to show up for the ball like Henderson does an awful lot, sometimes to, you know, to maddening effect how deep he goes. But John was doing none of that. I mean, there were times John was standing maybe five yards in, in front of the two center backs and kind of in between the two. And Twansey just put a player next to him, and John just stood there and kind of pointed out to the right back or pointed out to the left back, like, hey, pass it over there, and just wasn't moving around. It was really, really strange. So I don't know if he picked up a knock or an injury. I went back and watched the first 20 minutes again to see if he, or really the first 10, to see if he was in a tackle or something, didn't see anything. So something was going on. I don't know if... Again, technical difficulties. I don't know what's going on tonight, guys. Sorry about that. Um, but but Brian was saying, you know, he didn't know if Klopp uh, was asking Jean to to play that way. But and I kind of agree that I think maybe that's what Klopp was looking at. It also looked to me a little bit like Emery Jean was back there to orchestrate the def- the defense. He was the one that was kind of saying, okay, I want you there, you there, kind of being that leader from that position. I don't know. It, it could be just be the way that we were reading the game, but also, I mean, look at the, at the continual goal. He, he kind of starts the whole process. He comes up, he steps up, he, he knocks the ball ish away from AU gets him unsettled and Firmino comes in and ta- and and capitalizes on AU dropping the ball finds from finds Coutinho Coutinho has the space and puts in the goal. I don't know. I I I, I thought he was fine all game. I don't I think he was doing the role and the job that that Klopp wanted him to do. Um but that but that's just me in the way that I was seeing the whole thing. So I mean, I, I'm not sitting here just trying to create disparity or for us to argue. I think we're just going to have to agree that you know maybe uh m- maybe we saw the game differently. Is that fair, Brian? Sure. I like Sean. I, I hope he does well. I really you know, don't want him to leave, and, and that's a whole other podcast if, yeah. if we want. But, uh, you know, when you, when you play that role, and, <laughs> and who knows? Who knows what Klopp's having him uh, do? You could be right, but you also like ketchup. <laughs> On hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, finally, we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, Alex Osley-Chamberlain. In his post-match interview, he wasn't happy with his performance. Jim, do you like this kid? Of course. I mean, what's what's not to like? He, I love his spirit. I love the energy he brings. Uh, he, he obviously wants to achieve uh, the goals he set out for himself in playing for Liverpool. I think he's excited to be on Merseyside. And, um, you know, I think it's still a matter of time to figure out where precisely he fits in the side. Um, I do tend to like the look that Klopp brings when he puts him in midfield. Um, I was certainly happy to see him get his first LFC goal. Um, so I, I'm, I'm optimistic about, about him. I think he's going 
and to eventually settle in and uh, and do some great things. Yeah, I I, uh, I like the way he's been playing too. I think he fights for everything too. Also, I mean, he might not be the most absolutely gifted, but he's in there fighting for everything. Kind of kind of like a young James Milner. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good description. He's very strong for his size, and he's very he's quick. Yeah, yeah he's a good player. He's versatile. He kind of had a free roll against Swansea a little bit. Yeah, it was interesting. He, you know, he was good. He, he's yeah. <clears throat> okay. You know, guys, there, there's plenty more to discuss, but trying to avoid a two-hour pod. So, um, however, when we went up, there are a few more things I want to talk about. So, when we went up 4-0, a chant of, uh, we're going to win 4-3 broke out, kind of because uh, we missed you, Brian, because, you know, every single time, we're going to win 5-4. We're going to win 5-4. Yeah. Yep. A few other notes. It was great to have representation from our friends in Columbus at Union Jack Pub in beautiful Broad Ripple. Uh, not referring to Neil Chalupa, by the way, just pointing that out. Uh, and on that note, it was Neil's final game um, at, at, while he lives in Indianapolis. I know he'll be back sometimes. Uh, so rest in peace, Neil Batman Chalupa. All right, coming up, <laughs> there's some upcoming fixtures. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, upcoming fixtures, we have Lester on For Saturday. the time being, Joe. Good. Yeah. For, for the, the time, time being, you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna have to uh, play the the Neil role with your uh, stellar Neil impression that you can do. <laughs> what, what one's that? That'll work. Well, you you did a Neil impression uh, earlier on in the pod that I thought was was pretty. <laughs> oh, spot on. I don't, I don't know jinx? if if uh, well, if, that's if, gonna uh, come back and haunt us. <laughs> there you Is that go. It? Okay. Exactly. That so, was that was brilliant. So maybe Neil's gonna come one back and haunt Neil. us. <laughs> You need to you need to say that's nothing. That's one of my favorite Neilisms when there's a foul happening and we don't know if the referee's going to call it or not. That's nothing. It's, it might be a foul on Liverpool. He screams, "That's nothing." That's one of my favorite Neilisms. <laughs> oh, Neil, we're going to miss you, bud. Especially the beer that you bring to tailgates for your Indy Eleven, man. Keep up, keep up brewing. You do a good job, man. Yep. All right, so upcoming fixtures, guys. Leicester on Saturday, Burnley on Monday. So, yes, that is 48 hours later. Um, Everton in the FA Cup four days after that. What do you guys expect to see uh, squad rotation for these matches? And if you want to, results. We're going to start with you, Jim. Uh, I'll keep it simple. There's going to be lots of squad rotation given the time frame, Um, particularly since the Everton match uh, is an FA Cup match. I think we'll uh, maybe see Carries in goal, you think? Uh, and and uh, results-wise, I think Burnley and Leicester will be the tougher matches, uh, with Burnley being the toughest since we'll be away. Uh, but I do think we can dispose of Leicester and Everton at home and at least draw with Burnley. So that's uh, my outlook. Yeah, I think uh, I think pulling uh, Firmino off at 65th means that he's playing against Leicester. But I do think we're going to see Dom Solanke yeah. at least in the Everton match maybe play a little Absolutely. bit more in the Leicester match as well. Um, I think Mane comes back for Leicester. Uh, Brian, before I completely skip over you, anything you want to add on uh, on squad rotation or results? I think Jim's right. There's going to be a lot of rotation. Um, even with Hendo being injured for who knows how long, we still have a deep squad in the lineup back, as we mentioned earlier. You know, Mane on, on full rest and... Solid and Firmino playing, you know, coming off uh, recently in, in some matches. Uh, we're ready to go. So bring it on. I know that the matches are close. We, I think we will see Van Dyke make his debut in these next three games, uh, hopefully as a sub and a, 
a game that we're we're winning. Well, it'll have probably to be not at Burnley. I, I think. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Be Everton. Yeah. Well, the, the um, yeah, because the he's not coming until January. Yeah. So, um, we we've got plenty of players. I mean, I think I think the only constants are going to be that that Robertson's going to be playing left back uh, unless Milner comes on as a sub for him, and I think we're going to see see Firmino and Coutinho and Salah probably start at least the, the Burnley match and the Leicester match, even though it's 48 hours later. Um, at least that's what I hope happens. So the, the midfield is deep, and, and we can drop all kinds of players in there and move Coutinho back. And I'm predicting a goal for Mane to kind of get off the, the schneid here. And I think we have a, a really good shot at winning all three of these games. I agree with Jim. The Burnley match is going to be tough. It's their, their, their defense is very, very good this year. And uh, they scored some great goals this weekend off set pieces, which has, has kind of been something we struggle with lately. But uh, I'm I'm really hoping for three wins. Yeah, me too. I, I I always get leery with Lester because of Jamie Vardy. That, that's not sugarcoated at all. He sucks. <laughs> but he just he, <laughs> he's quick. He's so quick, and he could he could beat anybody off that on that counter attack. So we got to make sure that midfield's playing tough and can shut that down. Um, I mean, he eats the bun ears? with just ketchup on it and takes the hot dog off. Oh, he has a ketchup sandwich. That's how stupid Brian, you better watch out because chat shit get banged, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to fly well, over yeah. here and, 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 uh, and hit you in the face. Actually, I'm more worried that you know where the ketchup is that you do jack and you could hit me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rat boy. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah. Here's, here's a real quick off-the-wall question uh, with, with these three matches in terms of squad rotation. Do you think Danny Ward would would possibly see any playing time at all? See, I, that's, uh, I was kind of thinking the Everton same thing. Match? I was thinking the Everton match, if at all, because you know that, that's kind of what they were doing before. They were doing carries in Europe. Um, and Emmanuel for the league, um, and Danny Ward was for the Carabao Cup, and then they were going to use him in the FA Cup. But see, do, do you want Carrius to stay sharp? Not ready against for, yeah. ready not, for Champions not against Everton. Sorry, Joe, stomped on you there. You can't bring Ward in for Everton. He hasn't played in forever. You know, Jim's right. You bring Carrius in for that match. Otherwise, Carrius isn't playing till February. Yeah, exactly. You want to stay good. sharp for Champions League. That's a good point. I want Gary to start playing every game. I'm done with Simon, and I, yeah. and I used to defend the guy a little bit. I mean, he's Agreed. an excellent record on penalties and and you know a lot of really good kind of quick reaction saves, but just such basic air sometimes. It's just driving me nuts. I, I don't even I don't even play with him on FIFA anymore. So I, I mean, I'm done with him. Yeah, I, I fully understand. <laughs> fully understand. I think a lot of people are. I was actually very surprised to see him play, uh, but but Klopp does that. Have you noticed that? That if a player has a stinker and they kind of get reamed out by the fans and, and the press, he plays them the next match just kind of as a redemption. He hendos that I, a lot, doesn't he? Yes, that is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, here, here's the here's a Klopp goalkeeper comment. It, even if I remember correctly, even at Dortmund when they had all that success, he never had a world class goalkeeper and spent a bunch of money on goalkeepers. I don't know if this just his mo Vin- or Vin- we just can't. Yeah, I, I you know I don't remember all the goalkeepers they had there, so I, I might be speak, speaking out of my ass here, but I, I don't think he's a guy that's going to go out and try to find the next De Gea. I just don't think that's his style. You know, you, but you, I remember we talked, we, we chatted a little bit about this earlier today, and uh, and, and I'm kind of with you. I mean, there are a lot of teams that have played very well, done very well in Europe, done very well um, in the league. 
Um, won the league multiple times, you know, with mediocre goalkeepers. And the first one to come to mind is Fabian Barthes at Manchester United when they were when they were playing. He, he really wasn't great. Um, he wasn't great for France either, and they won the World Cup. So with him in goal. So, you know, I don't know. If you have a presence and you have a confident goalkeeper, I think that makes a big difference. I don't think I don't think confidence is a problem with Loris Karius. Um, and I like his ball distribution a lot better than I do Mignolet. Um, he doesn't. I, don't, I haven't seen him save a pen yet. But you know, um, the only the one problem I do have with Carius big time is that he wears the short sleeve shirts, and that a la uh, Fabian Barthes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have against Fabian Barthes, man? I, I hate him. He was like he was. Hate, well, he went to United. He played for United. I know he, he wasn't went that to great, United, but he wasn't that good. No, he he wasn't that. He was just a he was just a flamboyant goalkeeper. Yeah, he used to do all kinds of goofy shit. Yeah, true, true. So I mean, you know, but but anyway, back to the point. I mean, I I think we can we can win with Mignolet. Um, sometimes I really wonder though. Um, I think we have a better chance with Carius, and I don't see the need to go spend a whole bunch of money. Would I like to see Jack Butlin come in? Yes, because I think he's probably well. He is the future in England number one when they when they finally get over the fact that Joe Hart sucks. Um, <laughs> but, but you're probably right. You know, I, he's, he's a good keeper. He had a bad injury and he's come back from it. I mean, he, yeah, he has a lot of goals against him so far this year, but that's because Stokes suck. I mean, let, let's be honest, that defense in front of him, you know, I know I'm a, I've mentioned before, I'm a Jeff Cameron fan, but you know, that that's, that's one that I, uh, that I wouldn't have a problem with. And that kind I don't of, want Jeff Cameron. To be play our goalkeeper, hell no, 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 no. I, I'd, I'd actually take him oh, over. Okay. I take him over. Uh, Lover, no. <laughs> we, <laughs> we've had that discussion. Sorry. Let's go ahead because uh, we had, we had talked about uh, we had talked about. I started talking a little bit about transfers there with the goalkeeper and kind of got off topic. Uh, I do want to do a disclaimer. After this summer, none of us on this podcast are getting our hopes up or believing what we see on Twitter. But some stuff has broken out, and, and we just wanted to you know give a couple mentions there. If Brian or Jim want to add comments, you know guys are feel free to do so um we started off with virgil van dyke as an lfc player uh this is open to anyone do you think we are done for january or this is just the beginning whoever speaks up first gets the answer go ahead jim go ahead jim uh i you know i don't i i don't see anybody else coming in honestly i i can't think of a, a specific player that Klopp would want, although I know you're going to talk about somebody possibly here in a few moments, Joe, but, um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I don't see it. What about you, Brian? Well, I, I, before Van Dyke happened, I would, I really was thinking we might get a couple of guys or and maybe move John if we could somehow get some money for him or, but the fact that we did get Van Dyke, I mean, it was this long, slow burn, a lot of things happened. It was up and it was down. It took forever. Uh, I think Klopp is happy with being patient and, and trying to go as far as he can in the Champions League, the FA Cup, improve the league position, and really get his guy, even if it takes a long time. So I don't know that we're going to see anything else major happening in, in January. That's just my first thought. What, what about, do you think, Joe? What about pre-contract? Uh, I'm just going to throw a ball out there. What about pre-contract for a summer for free agents? There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of guys out of contract this summer, uh, namely uh, Gorska from Shackle. A lot of people mentioned his name around, thinking that Liverpool are interested in him. Um, do you see any, yeah, he, do you see any good. free contracts coming in? 
Uh, well, you know, kind of like a Kata deal or, or yeah, you know, I will, you know, I will if, accept if Chan would leave. I will and, accept and Kata something. deals. I will accept Kata deals. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, or same, same thing as if Chan signs something now and goes to you, you know, doesn't go to Juve till you know the summer. He plays for us six more months or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, could that happen? Yeah, I think we're going to start seeing more of those types of contracts. I, I, I really don't know. This Van Dyke thing kind of came out of nowhere really fast, even though it was we were all hoping it would happen. Um, mm-hmm. I think anything could happen. I just I'm not getting my hopes up. I, I'm not a big you know, transfer window watching guy, even though since we started doing this pod, I'd pay attention to a lot more, but uh, a lot more. I mean, I've probably watched more of that or looked up more of that stuff in the last year or so than I did in the previous five or six combined. What do you think about, so, uh, what do you think about possibility of Thomas Lamar? We've seen his name mentioned around for coming in in January. Monaco is, I mean, they're, they're battling for second place in France, um, but they're out of the champions. Like he would be cup tied. Um, I I don't even think that qualified for Europa League. Do you think that that would be a possibility, or maybe even a pre-contract, Jim? It would be nice. Uh, I I don't think it's a possibility at this point. I, I do think it would be a good player to maybe not fill the shoes of Coutinho if he leaves mm-hmm. uh, at some point, but but somebody who. Who could you do a reasonably uh, good impression of Philippe Coutinho, <laughs> if you want to put it that way? There you go. There you go. I mean, that's fair. It. I mean, how long did it take for Coutinho to grow into the player he is now? I mean, we've had him we've a had while, him five years, right? Yeah, yeah. Coming up, no, right I looked up today. Years. You know, you know what we paid for him to enter? It was like ten mil or something like that, right? Eight eight million pounds. Eight million yeah. Pounds. yeah. Wow. We're gonna, we're gonna get two hundred, right? Three hundred. <laughs> Three hundred. All right. There we go. All right, so we we kind of mentioned goalkeeper a little bit. So we've there, there's especially after Mignolet's, uh horrific game against Arsenal, a lot of names started popping up. Um, I kind of mentioned it earlier that PSG is going to probably have to look at making some sales in January um, of some players, or at least at the end of the season, to avoid financial fair play. That was something I saw come across again, just a rumor. Um, so the first name on the list was uh, Will Trap from PSG. Wait, that's not Will Trap. Will Trap's an American player. Sorry, we'll just call him Trap from PSG. Also, Allison from Roma, um, a fellow Brazilian, uh, coming to the ranks. He's younger than Trap. Uh, I think that that would be interesting to see as well. And also a lot of people talking about Jack Butland. Um, I've already stated my preference for Jack Butland. Um, also some seeing some discussions on center back. And this is kind of an interesting one, guys. I, uh, we, we got a notification from Bleacher Report today. Liverpool have moved on from Virgil van Dyke, and they're going to spend a lot less money and get Stefan de Free. <laughs> and, and so and maybe about an hour later, we, the news starts breaking that Liverpool are getting, uh, the Liverpool are getting, uh, Virgil van Dyke. So, uh, any chance that the Liverpool still look to bring in another center back, whether it's, uh, and de Vries one of those guys that's, that's out of contract uh with uh oh gosh napoli i think at the end of the at the end of the summer uh would that be something he's, that with, we could, uh, he's with he's with lazio lazio sorry that's right yes yep 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 yeah uh well i i guess devry would be uh a pro- possibly a decent acquisition i think he's only like in his early 20s he's like 23 or 24 yeah, if i'm not mistaken yeah. he's pretty young young so um i have to admit i don't watch uh syria at all um uh so i i really haven't seen him play all that much um 
the only other judgment I could, uh, or only other information I could base any kind of judgment on is the fact that, you know, he, he's a, a Dutch national team player and they're not exactly setting the world on fire defensively, are they? You know, that was something um, I but, wondered about. Yeah. So that would make me concerned, but, but that, this is just kind of, uh, pulling bits and pieces of information together to, to make a half-assed judgment rather than something that's based in, in, uh, sound evidence. So take it for what it's worth. There we go. Brian, have you seen much of DeVry? Just a little bit. I prefer to call him DeVril in homage to the, the White Stripes album, Distill, <laughs> but that's just my own person, my own personal thing. Um, he, he's good. I mean, he's, he is young. Um, I, I, I don't mind the Dutch thing. I, I guess putting him in there with some other, you know, with Virgil would be would be a, I don't know, kind of a good thing, I guess. But uh, to answer your first question, I absolutely think we're going to get another center back. I think we're going to get another center back that is expensive, not as expensive as Van Dyke, but someone that's more expensive than the other guys that we have. Uh, because number one, we need it, and yeah. and I think Klopp realizes number yes. two. Yeah. Um, depending on what happens with Phil, we may be able to buy whatever center back we freaking want. Yeah, true. Um, so if that's going to artificially inflate the price by, you know, would would distill go up by you know ten million pounds just because we just sold Coutinho for one hundred and fifty? I mean, uh, yeah, probably. But um, I do think we're going to get another center back, and and if it's in January, I don't think it's going to be a, a you know something that's going to you know shock the world. And, and but if we get another guy in the summertime, um, it could be a really big big signing. And so I think that's more likely to happen something in the summer. You know, the the one thing that we will say about uh, bringing Van Dyke is this is another player that chose Liverpool when he had options for more money other places. We're going to yes. have to fight him off. A seven-nation army couldn't hold us back, guys. This is going to be pretty That's awesome. That's right. <laughs> Whoa, look at that. Two White Stripes references in the span of five minutes. When Brian brought White pretty Stripes, I had, to, I had to find a way to kind of tie it all together. <laughs> you were such a blackjack, Davey. It's unbelievable. <laughs> okay, everybody. That's gonna. We're going to start wrapping up this podcast. We're going on about an hour five right now. So let's just go ahead and skip right ahead to plugs. Um, and that is nothing sexual. So, Jim, do you have any plugs, non-plugs? Either and or the whatever. Yeah. So like um, my my plug tonight is um, for the Save the Children Foundation. Um, they are one of the charities that's currently taking donations for Puerto Rico. As you guys probably know, the island is still in large part without electricity after Maria after all, after all this time since September. Um, Save the Children is a great organization. Uh, I, I was reading up on charities that are taking donations for Puerto Rico, and they're particularly um, uh, one that I think a lot of people focus on because they, they focus on giving aid to families, uh, particularly families with children in need, and obviously with, with a little electricity on the island, um, uh, there are a lot of children in need. So savethechildren.org is where you would go to give give donations for that. My non-plug is is completely a 180, something not that's not serious, is that my non-plug is for people who hate The Last Jedi. That's all I have to say. I'm with you. I'm with you, Jim. <laughs> it, it's been annoying me as well. It doesn't fit the canon. Fuck you. All right, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> cannon, I'll shoot plugs. you out of the buddy. <laughs> is, is it an Arsenal cannon? <laughs> the Scottish <laughs> cannon. That just shoots blanks. Yes, exactly. Gunner Swords. All right. Well, um, a couple of plugs. Uh, most of you that are listening probably know that. Um, 
the official Liverpool Supporters Club here in Indianapolis. We are auctioning off a uh, 2017-18 home shirt, the, the new dark red one that's signed by the entire team. And you can visit our Facebook page, look for the Indy Reds or OLSC Indianapolis, uh, and you can enter there to, to win this jersey. We're going to use like a random number generator. It's all going to be uh, you know, kind of a fun thing to do. We're going to do that here soon uh, as we get into the new year. And all the proceeds are going to go to charity. We haven't decided the charity yet, so if you want to reach out to us and suggest one, uh, we're, we're the group uh, leadership there is looking at suggestions. Save the so we're offering off a jersey. Yeah, that you know that's on the list for sure. I'll put it on the list. Don't know who it's going to be, but we'll announce that as well. So if you want to donate, it's a ten dollar entry, and then all the proceeds are going to go to charity. It's a great looking jersey. There's pictures of it on our Facebook page, and that's Indy Reds on Facebook or OLSC Indianapolis. I have another plug, and that's the Liverpool Defense. The first time ever that Liverpool defense has been plugged in the history of, of the <laughs> podcasting, uh, you know, as a thing. Um, you know, once United gave up two goals to Burnley on on uh, whatever it was the other day, uh, Liverpool became the best team defending at home in the Premier League. So <laughs> we've only allowed three goal, goals at home all year, and yeah, our road goals are, are very very different. But Liverpool best home goal defensive record in the Premier League. So you have to plug them just to have a little fun. A couple of non-plugs tonight. One does have a Last Jedi reference. I'm going to see this tomorrow with Owen, so I haven't seen it yet. But this knucklehead Bellerin from Arsenal, he was one of their outside backs. I just don't like the guy. He's like way too Kylo Ren looking, and I hate Kylo Ren. He's got this middle school, <laughs> mu- this middle school mustache that is just horrific. <laughs> you know, Bellerin, non-plug for you. And another non-plug is to Everton Football Club. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but it was hilarious and going crazy on, on Twitter the last couple of days. Everton is selling a T-shirt, and it's got a picture of a packed stand of a lot of kids and people holding up scarves. And they've applied a, a – the picture's clearly from you know not modern times. It's actually from the 60s because people have figured it out. A packed stand holding up scarves. They've applied a blue – filter to the, the image so that everything kind of has like a you know all the white and it's a black and white picture so all the whites and grays have turned blue and, and the blacks are kind of a bluish black this is a picture of the cop during a liverpool game against leeds and it's on an everton t-shirt with a bit <laughs> colored blue with a big ever with a big everton badge superimposed on the top of it <laughs> So a massive non-plug to the idiots in the merchandise department at Everton Football Club. You buffoons. Oh, great. (laughs) A little follow-up. Oh, man. So I'm going to start off with my plug for this evening. Uh, First of all, uh, speaking about merchandise department, I want to plug the Anfield shop. Uh, so Brian Brian uh, sent me a, a note. And I think he sent about everybody in the in OLSC Indianapolis. Yep. Um, that you know, hey, look, the Info Shop has hoodies going for twenty five bucks. I'm currently wearing my twenty five dollar hoodie from uh, from the Anfield Shop. It is awesome. I love it. There, there's a lot of little details. Like I just noticed today, as I was uh, as I was scratching my back, that the elastic around the bottom, while it's not really tight like on my other one, but it actually has. It's kind of in has a little bit of a New Balance logo in the elastic. It's actually kind of cool on the outside of it. Um, and you know what? It was such a great deal that there were three of us at Union Jack the other day <laughs> that were wearing the same sweatshirt. So, you know, we were all triplets. And when Brian's there, we can be quadruplets. So, yay. 
be the Fab Four. <laughs> be the Fab Four. Also, uh, keep your eyes out. Speaking of Anfield Shop, they they might if you bought something from them during the holiday season, whether or not we're actually going to believe it or not, they did mention that they might be having a special deal uh, for for people with orange. Virgil Van Dyke shirts uh, with the number four on them. So look for that also possibly coming soon. Uh, hopefully we get an email about it from them also. Also, as usual, I like to pl- I'd like to plug Union Jack Pub in beautiful Broderpool, Indiana. Uh, a a great atmosphere again on a busy Boxing Day. Um, I had the the my chicken salad and it was awesome. I think it was one of the best salads I've had. Um, in quite a while. It was really good. Uh, Jim Jim had it last time we were watching a match together, and it piqued my interest. Uh, so I got this time, and it's fabulous. So definitely uh, don't just go to Union Jack for the football and the beer. Check out their food selection as well. It's top-notch. Hey, did you put ketchup on that? No, I didn't. I put ranch. Since I got buffalo-seasoned uh, or buffalo-sauced uh, chicken on my salad, I felt the need to do ranch dressing. I know that's about the, ranch dressing is the ketchup of the salad dressings, but still. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah, I'm just giving you a hard time. No, it's fine. All right, so speaking of giving me a hard time, my non-plug is actually me. So earlier in the match, I was thinking, you know, if we win – we we can convert the Merry Christmas Everton song into Arsenal pretty easily. So I'm I'm thinking about that and then I figure I probably just jinxed everything. So I'll take the jinx and I'll take the blame for the draw on that match. Forget about Joe Gomez, forget about Simon Mignola, just put it all on me, guys. Done. <laughs> all right. That, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, guys, I want to start off. I want to thank you guys for coming on. Jim and Brian, thank you so much. It was great having the guys back together again. Great to be here. Always fun. I want to thank you guys, the fans, most importantly, for coming, for listening, to uh, downloading. Hopefully uh, you've enjoyed the specials that we've done recently with uh, the Star Wars podcast. Uh, Brian's still waiting to download and listen until after he watches it with Owen tomorrow. <laughs> um, and 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 still, you know, with, with our re- with our podcasts, uh, the, the numbers, you know, they, they are what they are. But, you know, we're happy to do this. And we love having you guys listeners. And it gives us something extra to talk about when we see you guys out and about or at Union Jack to watch a match. You know, we, we haven't had guests on recently. Um, I mean, we've, we've had people that have been on before, but we haven't had uh, first-time guests. If you are at all interested in coming on, please get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us individually, or you can get, uh, uh, get on through us through our email or our Twitter through the podcast. If you want to get a hold of us, those the email is IndieRedsPod at gmail.com. Once again, that is IndieRedsPod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at IndieRedsPod. Once again, that is at Indie Reds Pod. I'm Joe Dilling signing off for episode 30 of the Indie Reds podcast. You'll never walk alone.